0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey Well, good morning. I am
1: Blake. It's a privilege to be with you today. It is Palm Sunday. Next week, we celebrate the Super Bowl when it comes to church history and what Jesus has done for us. So I want to invite you out to Easter. It's going to be a great time, family activities. But most importantly, we'll be worshiping and celebrating what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. So again, thank you for being here. I, I wanna kick off. Do you have that special place in your heart uh, for that specific item? Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about. Do you, re- do you remember your first car? Anybody ever remember their first car? That special place? Like, here was my green dragon, you can see, right? Whoa! we call it a dragon, the, the Ford F-150, baby. I don't even know why they put that color on a car. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a manual and, and this was the whip or, or the vehicle as we would call it. And, and there were some things that weren't perfect with that car, but I mean, it was, it's nostalgic. You have a car that maybe you connect with and you're like, yeah, that no matter what you did, no matter what has happened, that was the car because it has a special place in your heart. I mean, my green dragon, the gearbox where the the shaft would go into was like crooked. And so first and second gear weren't straight up and down. It was more at like an angle. And I remember going through some moments where my dad would be in the car. My dad was like, every real man needs to learn how to drive a stick. You know, any fathers like that in the room? And uh, so I, I was there and I was like, Dad, I can't drive the stick. You know, the gearbox is turned." He's like, you just gotta find it. You know, hit the angle right. And I remember, I mean, that thing had duct tape on the seat and like, it was all sorts of like, you sat in, you weren't sure what you would come back, you know, on the backside because it was a dusty. It was our first car, my first car, the Green Dragon. I mean, it got even bad to the point where, like, I would be driving it, and I would stall out. Anybody ever had any those moments driving a manual stall out when I'd be in line for traffic, praying, sweating up a hill, Lord, please don't let me hit the people behind me? Or even those moments, it got real bad when I hit my mom's car with the green dragon. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, Dad, I don't know how to drive this thing. This moment where I would stall out, where there'd be some issues, hiccups, you know. But you know, when it comes to as much as I love this car, but as as it comes to reality, I don't just, and I didn't just stall out with my green dragon. There's been moments in life where I've stalled out in life, where I've had some dents occur in life, where things didn't go as perfect in life, where that that gearbox where I was expecting the gears to be and, and to be able to, to shift and hit the clutch ride and everything to go straight and normal in life didn't go straight and normal in life. Where my faith got a little bumpy at times where there's been some accidents when it's come to some moments of being stalled out. Have you ever had moments in life that didn't go accordingly or you've stalled out? Maybe in your faith, you're at this moment right now where you feel like you've kind of just hit your lid, where you're stalling out, where you're, where you're pleading and you're saying, God, where are you? God, I need you in my life. But yet, it seems like no matter what you're doing, the gearbox is at an angle, you're hitting cars, there's dents, relationships are turned upside down. Today, I wanna to talk to you about a topic that we've all have maybe endured it and have countered and that's moving forward in our faith. We call it advance my faith. You know, there's times where we've all kind of been stuck, where we're sitting on the hill, where we're sweating and saying, God, please take control. You know, in life, Jesus, he, he calls these first disciples, these men. In Mark chapter one, I wanna invite you there. And we see the calling of the first disciples. They're a pair of brothers. And when it comes to advancing our faith, we have Easter next week. And it's a great time for us to to take a step in the topic of what we're going to be discussing. So join me in Mark chapter 1, verse 16. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, this man also known by Peter, and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me. Now I want to pause right there. I think a lot of times in our faith journey, we do a really good job at following Jesus. What I mean by that is we show up to church, we pray regularly. We have Christian friendships, we attend a group, get involved in a church, and we do a really good job at that. But there's also a a second part of this sentence that Jesus commissions or calls to these individuals. And he says, I will show you how to fish for people. You can't have one without the other." When Jesus says, come and follow me, there's an intent of saying, what am I going to do if I follow you? You're going to learn how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. See, in Palm Sunday, we celebrate this idea that Jesus is coming to us, that Jesus cares so much for us, that every prophecy is going to be fulfilled, that Jesus is going to go to the cross. Some 2,000 years ago, this day in Jerusalem, Jesus is being declared King of kings, Lord of lords, Hosanna in the highest. He comes to us, and he fishes for us. We have a lot to celebrate. But it's important for us to understand this as well, that faith that advances is both discipleship, it's come and follow, but it's also evangelism, this this church word we use quite often. I want to challenge you with this thinking is that oftentimes we've come into roadblocks in our life where we've stalled out, where maybe we've been in a situation like the green dragon, that Ford F-150 where things aren't moving forward, where we're stuck hitting things and life is a little tumultuous and and dangerous for us. And you're wondering, God, I need you in my life. God, where are you in my life? I'm stuck. I'm flatlined. I'm stalled out. And I would challenge you with this. People stall out in their relationship with God because they're not reaching out to people far from God. So today we're gonna be discussing that. How to advance my faith actually is with this intent of fishing for people who are far from God. I wanna kick off with this question for you. It's a personal evaluation question for you. So like we like to do here at Faith, we like to kind of press and say, hey, what can I receive and what can I look at for my life when it comes to what we discuss in God's word? So the question I want to ask you is, this you don't have to share it with a friend, a neighbor, anybody around, but it says, in the past six months, I have one, not shared my faith, two, shared my faith with one person, or three, shared my faith with multiple people. Take a moment in your handout, maybe online, if you're following notes, if you read, write, and recite, you're better to retain what we discussed today, but I want to challenge you with this. Have you shared your faith or not? If you're wondering why maybe you've been stuck at, in your, your relationship, not advancing forward with your faith, I would challenge you, is it maybe because you haven't shared your faith? Or maybe secondly, you're like, hey, I've shared my faith. I, I, I checked the box, Pastor Blake. I, I did with one person. Well, that's something to look at too. Or maybe you're an ace student and it's like you're walking around town And you see people need Jesus, and you're like, I'm sharing you faith. Come to Easter. Hey, come meet Jesus. And I'll be honest, I'm a pastor, and there's even times on that third box that I don't live up to maybe my expectations of myself. So today, I want to talk to you about how sharing your faith builds your faith. When it comes to sharing your faith and building your faith, one, it requires us to walk in the Spirit, requires us to walk in the Spirit. When it comes to those moments where you're sharing your faith, building your faith, it requires you to lean into who we call the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who we receive, it's the helpmate, the helper that Jesus gives us after he ascends from earth so after he goes to the cross three days he's in the tomb he he then is there for approximately 40 days or so coming back different appearances 13 different appearances all through scripture from the point of his death and resurrection to ascension and then once he does that once he comes that he gives us his holy spirit to then empower us and enable us the holy spirit is the difference maker in our lives it's what sets us apart from people. It's what makes us radically do things beyond ourselves. We're talking in, in, in our midweek service. on Acts 14, we're looking at some of the qualities that the Holy Spirit gives in spiritual-led life. I would encourage you, whatever, you're going through in life start with this lord how is your spirit infilling in my life because it's the power that does something to go beyond yourself and stop at just your naturally talents and abilities there's people it's what we i would deem maybe modern language the holy spirit's the x factor in our life the holy spirit gives you the confidence to have a boldness when you don't feel like being bold The Holy Spirit gives you the ability to discern, hey, do I engage in this conversation or do I not? The Holy Spirit gives us this refreshing and renewal when it seems like all the critics and arrows and spears are flying your direction. The Holy Spirit helps us and empowers us and stops us from being where we are, maybe stuck in first gear and can get us to sixth gear. The Holy Spirit is who we need in our life. And whenever we share our faith, there are moments where it can become a little awkward. It can become a little difficult. My wife and I, we sit on our front porch usually, you know, a couple of, every other night, a few times a week. And, and we kind of talk and we challenge ourselves, always gearing up towards Easter. We're like, hey, what kind of encounter did you have and she was sharing with me an encounter, and we kind of just laughed because, you know, we're kind of the, the, like, hey, we're on this Jesus kick right now. We're like, yeah, everybody needs to know about Jesus. And we share Jesus. And some of the responses that both she has received and I have received can kind of make you just say, I don't ever want to share Jesus with somebody. And it's kind of sad. But how do you go past that when you say, Lord, I need your refilling of the Holy Spirit, in my life. Lord, I need that boldness. Lord, I need that perseverance. Lord, I need that persistency in my life. Where do I get that from? It's this dynamic power in Acts chapter one eight. We see that the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives it to his disciples, his first church. Acts one eight reads this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, that means people who are close to us. Throughout Judea, people a little further. In Samaria, into the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is that power. In the Greek, it's this dynamite power. I mean, how many of us know that sometimes in life, life can be pretty pretty stale and and pretty stalled and and pretty flat you know what pushes us to have a power that makes us different than people in our work and in our neighborhoods in our community centers the holy spirit the holy spirit gives us this power to do what only god's called us to do beyond our natural aptitudes and abilities In Galatians 5, 16, the Apostle Paul, he puts it this way, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify desires of the flesh. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to to beat desires, to conquer temptations, to to move past distractions and addictions. If you're struggling in here with some of the, the fleshly desires as we term it, I would say lean into the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit can move you past that. The Holy Spirit can help you be empowered to live a life that's saying, you know what, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to pursue some of the things before without the Holy Spirit that I once did. In Galatians 5.25, Paul continues, says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I don't know if you've ever like grown up in church and they call it the Holy Ghost, you know, like, woo. And I remember when I would hear the Holy Ghost, I'm like, what's the Holy Ghost? Like, is the Holy Ghost coming out the walls or where's the Holy Ghost coming from? You think of like this man by the name of Casper, a Holy Ghost kind of kind of like mesmerized you. And I I remember like growing up in church and man, like some of the good old lady saints, they'd be up here and let the Holy Ghost be on you, brother. And I'd be like, woo, I'm scared. I don't know if I'm allowed to celebrate Halloween, you know, and I'd be confused. But the Holy Ghost is more of this imagery when it comes to throughout scripture and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit of what we use. It's a companion that's right next to us. It's almost like, hey, you look over and the Holy Spirit is in our soul walk by the holy spirit ephesians five eighteen says be filled with the holy spirit constantly a refilling of the holy spirit it's just not going and saying i'm going to the gas station filled up one time and i'm good it's daily how many of us know that there's a lot that comes at us day in day out Marketing says there's over 10,000 some moments wherever you get touched by some kind of information to purchase or engage with. Whenever you share your faith, you build your faith because it's a requirement. They say, Man, the only way I can go through it is if I have the Holy Spirit refilling me daily there's going to be moments where you don't want to say because you, you might be confused and, and off-put that someone's going to judge you it might be this moment where you say hey if i ask my friends or or share with them about jesus they're not going to invite me to the christmas party they're not going to invite me to hang out with them after work because they're going to think i'm this unique individual the holy spirit gives us the boldness the empowerment to say hey i can do what god's called me to do beyond my natural talents and aptitudes, and it's this constant refilling of I need God's spirit in my life. When you share your faith, you're leaning into God and saying, God, I need your spirit today. God, I need a refilling, I need a fresh pouring. Sharing my faith builds my faith because it also keeps me focused on the gospel. Um, For some reason, um, anytime I fish with people, They never really uh, say, hey, like like, anytime I fish with people, you know, Jesus talking about fishing, they look at me and they automatically presume some things about me. Like if I catch a fish, they don't think that I can take the fish off the hook. You know, it's kind of like a pride issue I have. They're like, hey, we invited the pastor on the boat, so now we have to like rig his line, now we have to clean his fish, you know? And I don't know why they get that. Like, I fished before, but I'm like, hey, if you're doing it, dude, let's say, hey, let's ride this thing. All right, thank you. Bait me, throw me back. You know, if I get tangled, I'll hand you the pole. Like, that's just where I'm at. Um, but, you know, like, when it comes to that, it keeps the gospel clear. So um, when it comes to keeping the gospel clear, when I hang around guys who like to fish, there's this new thing I've kind of explored uh, from, like, a distance, secondhand, spearfishing. Uh, I've never done it um, I don't know if someone's like, hey, or they're going to have to like, I'm going to have to like hold on someone's shoulders as they go into the water so I can't swim, but spearfishing. And one thing they tell me about spearfishing is that uh, you need clarity. Like if you can't see, if the sand is all turned over, then you can't really see the fish, so you can't have a productive day in the water. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Well, you know, a lot of times when we share our faith, we have a tendency to muddy the water. We make issues issues that aren't really issues. Now, I wanna turn a little bit because this past week we saw a horrific incident that happened at a, a mass shooting at a school. Um, it, we've prayed on Wednesday night. We've thought about it. If you have kids in and, and Christian school, it's just, it's hard to even fathom the evil. It's literally we're evil in hell come and show itself demonic forces on earth and having little ones myself i I couldn't even imagine couldn't even understand it but then you go to the leadership in washington and and you say it's about gun control And, and you sit there and you scratch your head and you're like this isn't a gun control issue this is a lack of god issue this is evil in the world issue See, a lot of times, we can make issues, issues that aren't really the issue. We have to continue to ask ourselves, is someone meeting Jesus, when I'm sharing my faith, do I have a clear picture of what is important within my faith? Do I understand what can disciple someone? Do I understand, hey, do I have a clear understanding of the gospel? Because when we understand the gospel, we can then share the gospel, See, it comes in John chapter 3, verse 16, a classic verse many of us know, simply says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel, my friends. So, this is what someone needs to understand when it comes to being a Christian. This is what we need to understand when it comes to understanding that someone far from God can now know God. This is what matters. And I'm not saying what matters is where you just stay. Scripture talks about it throughout Hebrews don't just be, just don't act like an infant and stay at the infant level but continue to grow. We call this sanctification and a growth process where God is continually working our life. But for someone to know Jesus, for someone to have eternal life, this is what someone needs to know to become a Christian. First, God loved them so much. God loved them so much that, number two, God gave his son, Jesus Christ, for them. So God loved them. God gave. Thirdly, we see that Jesus' work and that we need to believe in the work of Jesus on the cross, that he lived a sinless life, that he was raised three days after being in the tomb. Lives are drastically changed, that Jesus is coming back. And fourthly, this is what someone needs to understand, that we receive, we have A gift of eternal life. My friends, that's keeping the gospel message clear. It's not about what side of the aisle you might be on. It's not about maybe someone's brokenness or history or their past. It's about where they are now when it comes to understanding what the gospel is in their life. I think a lot of times we can muddy the water with our own personal agenda, our own personal presumptions on people, Some of the issues that we see do you do you watch fox do you watch cnn do you get muddied in some of that stuff and that then we lord that over people my friends when it comes to advancing our faith when we share our faith it routinely keeps us going back to hey what truly matters that someone begins and believes in the works of jesus christ I want you to capture this. The clarity in which you understand the gospel will be the clarity in which you present the gospel. If we make it muddy, we're gonna present it to others muddy. If we are clear about it, then clarity can come out of our communication and lives can be changed. We also see that we share our faith to build our faith because it connects us with other believers. So when Jesus uses this language, hey, come and I'll teach you how to fish for men, how many of us know that it's nice going fishing with some fishing buddies? It's nice not being the only person there that's fishing. Maybe you like to fish all by yourself, but the best experiences in life, if I were to ask you, were shared experiences with people. Shared experiences with people that are quote unquote on your level. I believe your best friend should be a Jesus friend. Someone that is uh, pursuing Jesus the way you're pursuing Jesus. Someone that loves Jesus the way you're loving Jesus. Last week we talked about how four friends carried a paralyzed or a paralytic into, on top of the roof. See, there's a difference there. If all of our friends are people who are far from God... Or people who maybe aren't pursuing Jesus the way we're pursuing it becomes a difference between dragging individuals or helping someone carry the weight have you ever met some of those individuals they're your friends quote-unquote they come over to your house you're like hey I'm moving some stuff and they're the ones that just kind of sit at the table and you're like lugging things and you're like dude like why are you even here And you get frustrated and you get kind of annoyed and you're like this is interesting like you're like carrying stuff and you're like working around them my friends like if we don't really think and assess and say hey am I connected with a faith body or some of my best friends Jesus followers then a lot of your relationships you're going to get emotionally tapped out because you're going to be dragging the whole time and really you need people to come around you to help lift you up To help, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Scripture's very clear about that. Now listen, I'm not saying that in, like some of us, we don't have issues that we go through and that friends need help. I'm not saying that, but that should be a season. And and ultimately, when someone goes through through a hard time, you would hopefully encourage them in the ways of the Lord, and hopefully they receive and say, hey, I'm going through a hard time, but I'm gonna stay focused on Jesus. In Matthew 18, 20, We see that it says simply this, for where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am there among them. Jesus is present. The Holy Spirit is there. That's why whenever we invite friends, next week, Easter, we advance our faith because we come together as a collective, as a body. And you know what can break down barriers of someone's unbelief is when we worship, I like to say this, when we gather as believers, we break down barriers of unbelief. Because why? There's a collective of us saying, hey, I look over to my right, I'm encouraged. I look over to my left, I'm encouraged. I look in front, I'm encouraged. Some of us need that encouragement. And then we have someone that's maybe not really, they're unsure about Jesus, and they come into this place, and they're like, wow, like I wasn't believing, but Man, like, what you have is different. What you have is something I'm missing. What you have, this faith that you have. And the Holy Spirit begins to move in their life. We have to continue to ask ourselves, are my best friends Jesus followers? It's kind of like this. When you're around a good soul, a a good person, you tend to, To walk accordingly a little better right Uh, let me say this no one ever says let's go rob a bank with grandma and, and mom at christmas dinner why you're you're with good company like no one says hey you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go cheat on my spouse when they're having bible study with a group of people why you're engaged with good people See, good souls lift good souls up. You can't be the only good soul in your sphere of friends. We have to understand that. We have to capture that. So I want to encourage you, when it comes to sharing your faith, do you have people that you can rally around that says, hey, you know what, I tried to share my faith with a coworker. They basically shot me down, made fun of me, called me a Bible thumper, and they moved on? Or is it one of those things that's like, hey, you're doing it all on your own because I can be a lonely venture. But we'll also see this. When we build our faith by sharing our faith, it routinely keeps God's grace in view. It routinely keeps God's grace in view. I had a conversation with an individual this week, and um, it was fascinating in some of this lecture I was listening to and talking about it, that they say there's a drastic difference between someone who's a first-generation Christian and someone who's a second- and third-generation Christian so that's fascinating i'm a third generation christmas christian my grandparents my mom me um, and i was like well elaborate explain like what's that exactly mean well they in the study of it a first generation christian has a reference point of just how lost they have been some of the hurt some of the pain they've gone through it's very fresh we oftentimes a second third generation christian are individuals that they've grown up in a Christian household. They've had a lot of good in life, haven't maybe experienced as much adversity in life. And so church kind of becomes a complacent, kind of a, a smooth sailing, point in life. Now, I'm not saying this is a blanket for everything. Obviously, I'm a third generation Christian, but there's this understanding that we always have to keep in perspective that God's grace is for the first generation Christian, the second generation Christian, the third generation Christian, whatever Christian that you are. It's important that we always keep in view just how broken, messed up, mixed up we are because God's grace is there for us to receive no matter what our history might be our background might be. It's important to say, God, I am an individual, I'm sinful, I'm messed up, and I don't know what to do other than rely on you. God, I need your grace. Romans 3.23, the apostle Paul puts it this way, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of of God's glorious grace. When we share our faith, we're constantly reminded to say, hey, you know what? I was once that person that's been fished for. I was once that person that was lost, but now I'm found. I was once that individual that had a lot of things going on in life, and maybe you still have a lot of things going on in life, and you're still going through those things, but now you've received an eternal gift of grace and radical love and mercy and eternal life through Jesus. When we share our faith, it always keeps in perspective of like, hey, I was once lost. Ephesians chapter two, but God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much. He withheld his wrath on us. Ephesians two, five, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when when Christ was raised from the dead. Is only by God's grace you have been saved. How many are grateful for God's grace in our lives? As we conclude, um, there's two people I want to really talk to. One, the first person is this those who are looking and exploring what it means for. Receive God's grace. We believe that Jesus died on the cross. We celebrate next week, Easter, that He rescued us from our sin, that He's given us God's grace, that He bridges God and us. That eternal life comes by accepting Jesus' work. And maybe you're that person in here, and you're you've come in and there's some things that are going on in life, and you just say, hey, I need hope, I need, I need a difference making your life. This is what we're gonna do here when the band sings in a moment. I'm gonna invite you down to our faith changes everything banner we'll have a prayer team up here they want to pray with you they want to they want to hear you they want to go on your faith journey with you they want to help you they want to help you understand what it means to truly follow jesus and give your life to the lord and secondly maybe you're that individual and we ask that question on personal evaluation what have you done in the past six months As we prepare to sing in this moment, I'm just going to challenge you with this. I'm going to challenge you with this, that God gives you a boldness, that the Holy Spirit moves in your life so that you're a person that doesn't just say, hey, I I did my part, but you're a person that doesn't want to stall out, that you're a person that wants to advance your faith through sharing and building of your faith. So as we all stand, we're going to sing. As the prayer team comes forward, I'm going to invite you forward as well. If you need prayer, if maybe you need someone to stand with you and whatever need, cause might be in life, or maybe you just want to commit to Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to come forward right now. Let's pray, let's sing, and then we'll have some closing remarks. God, we give you this moment right now. You see those in this room. You see our hearts. Lord, we call on you and we just ask you to lead us throughout our day. Lord, help us to advance our faith. Help us to be people that aren't stalled out, that hit our lid, that have stopped, but help us to continually grow. Lord, Easter is a great entry point for many people who are far from you. Give us a boldness this week. Lord, for those who are looking to start a relationship with you, move in their life right now. Give them a boldness to step out of their chairs, come forward and receive prayer. For those with needs, may they come forward and receive prayer. Lord, we give you today, we celebrate your name and your great and holy name. You are our God and we all say, amen.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, We invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.